0: Today's episode of Frightmares is sponsored and hosted by GRP Studios. Located in Longwood, Florida, GRP has served the Central Florida area since 1974. They provide quality audio and video services from simple projects to more complex shoots. Check them out at www.grpstudios.com. Hello, and welcome back to Frightmares. This is episode number eight. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and staring at me across the table very weirdly is my co-host, Miss Gabrielle Platt. Hello. Hello. All right. So, if you have been listening to us on iTunes, it would be really awesome if you could give us a rate and a review, uh, anything to help us make the show better. That would be appreciated. Uh, Most of our listeners are tuning into iTunes, so yes, please rate, review, subscribe.
1: We love you.
0: We love you. Thank you for the support and thank you for listening. Uh, so yeah, this is the follow up. Uh, Horror is King, part number two. Part number two. Those are words, right? Yeah. And you I'm doing it? Fucking doing it today. So yeah, we are going to talk about it, the miniseries, the book, the movie, uh, and then Pet Cemetery, the book and the movie. But before we get in all, into all the King stuff, we're going to talk about three movies that we've seen recently. Two of them being horror, or at least horror-esque, and one of them a little different. Something that we wouldn't normally do, but it's still considered sci-fi, so... We have to talk about it. We have to talk about it, because it was fucking awesome. So, let's start with Devil's Due. Now, Devil's Due was a complete blind buy for me. I think we were at... F. Were you with me when I when I bought that one? Yes,
1: yes okay. I was.
0: Okay, great. Well, she was there, and I picked it up. I saw it had a really cool like title card, and it was $3.94, and I was like, well... How can I say no to this? And I wasn't really expecting much from it, but we were pleasantly surprised with that one.
1: Yeah, it's found footage.
0: Yeah, it's found footage movie about a couple who go to South America. Somewhere mm, in South America. Some, somewhere down there. And they, they're on their honeymoon and they are lost in New Mexico, or not New Mexico, <laughs> lost in Mexico or wherever they are. And a cab driver picks them up and tries to convince them to go to this party. While the husband is like, yeah, sure, that sounds good, which would totally be me. I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's go party. Actually, no, I think you'd be the one that. I'd be
1: like, ooh, let's not go party with the strange cab driver. I I choose life.
0: Well, he was taking them to a location, and uh, yeah, suspicious. Suspicious. Yeah, the the husband's like, yeah, let's go, and the wife's like, no, let's just not. And they go there, and they go down like this tunnel, like underground, and like red flag number one, like no, let's not do that. This is a foreign city. Let's not go underground.
1: That's what tourist attractions are for. All Safety right. and touristy <laughs> numbers.
0: <laughs> so they go down to this like rave party scene. Yeah,
1: something in this like catacombs esque fucking yeah. deal.
0: It's very uplit and it's got like, you know, really good music and stuff. So they start getting fucking hammered and like doing shots, getting crazy. And then the they look. What? What? Is that what it is? What? Discotech? Dance party. Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh. In I'm France. Just, I'm just stupid. Okay. <laughs> So, anyways, they're drinking and they look over at the wall like their cab driver is like kind of pointing at them or whatever and talking about them. And uh, so, yeah, they are filming all this on like their little mini DV camera. And at some point, you just kind of see that. Well, they put the camera away and then they like pass out. Like someone's drugged their drink or something crazy happened. And the camera kind of like. Flickers on and off, or something. From what I remember, it was in the
1: purse, and you couldn't really see it. But then it was, um, then it kind of rolls out of the purse, so you can see what's going on.
0: Of course, yeah, it gives you the perfect vantage point for what's happening. And basically, they take the wife and set her in this like semi-circle kind of deal, and like a bunch of light starts happening. And I'm like, that is sketchy.
1: That's how babies are made.
0: Well, (sighs) Uh, yes. So she gets pregnant, and yes, apparently that's how they make babies in Mexico. So if immediately I'm like, this is awful. Uh, she's pregnant. That's got to be the devil or something like that. And they're going to the, uh, what's the baby thing where you do the test and the, the uh, sonic- sonogram? The
1: OBGYN. That's
0: it. They go there. And like, don't they see something on the monitor? Um, I could have sworn they saw something, like, flicker, and I was like, ah, the the, devil. The
1: doctor sees something flicker, and it's odd, but she exhibits a lot of weird um, behaviors and symptoms during her pregnancy.
0: Yeah. She starts getting all crazy. Hulking out. Yeah, hulking out. And at one point, like, the uh, the husband, like, is taking video of her while she's sleeping. Kind of creepy. But he's saying, like, sweet things, and then she, like, wakes up and, like, grabs his arm and is, like, freaking out. And I was like, ah, Satan.
1: Are you saying it's weird to record people while they're...
0: Okay. I so wouldn't I know. know. You have something you want to confess, weirdo? I don't do that. Uh, okay, I'll check your phone later. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, weird things start happening, and uh, these people are like, like watching them. Yeah, <sighs> they
1: notice people like kind of near them, watching them from a distance, and it's they're like, super that's bizarre, odd. Yeah,
0: and then those same people start putting like surveillance in their house, and it just gets really crazy. Uh, that's pretty much where I want to leave it because. Uh, it's really good, and honestly, it's not really streaming anywhere. But if you can find it, I would suggest watching it because it was a great, uh, great find. Oh yeah, especially for four dollars. But yeah, it was uh, it was really good. You know, I like the found footage style because I feel you get real acting. Like, okay, obviously a lot of other movies have real acting, but I, it just feels. Um, Natural, Like, it feels like they're not trying. They're not forcing it. So I have always loved found footage movies.
1: It feels like you're a part of what's happening to them.
0: Right, yeah. You feel like you're on the journey with them because you're seeing it through their eyes. So I've always loved found footage, and uh, that one was definitely a better one that I've seen, especially especially yeah. lately. I can talk.
1: Yeah, and if you've learned anything from found footage, it's watch the things you're recording. Oh, yeah. Because if you actually watch them, <laughs> I think they wait till she's like almost about to have yeah. the baby to actually watch their... Uh, Footage, you're like, Wow, you would have known something was up months ago had you actually bothered to watch any of the film you shot.
0: Yeah, she's like about ready to pop and he's like, I guess I should go look at my footage. Like, all right, well, now you know, I guess, all the crazy shit that went down. So late, but good job. You did it. So yeah, Devil's Do, definitely a good watch. I highly recommend it. I thought it was a really fun ride. And it was also like an hour and twenty nine minutes. So low commitment. Low commitment. So yeah, devils do. Uh, do you yeah. wanna talk about Greta? Do you wanna do you wanna do you wanna do that?
1: Ooh, Greta was a fun Ooh, Greta. one. Greta. Um, that that
0: came, got, out, that came out in February. Or was, was yes. It was, yeah, it came out yeah. in February. Good stuff.
1: Um that's got Chloe Grace Moretz. How do you say that?
0: Chloe, yes, my oh, I love her.
1: I've accepted that. Yep. Um <laughs> basically she um she's from out of town, from a small town of Boston. Um, But she finds a purse on a subway train and decides to bring it back to its owner, who is this um, French woman who invites her in for coffee and they develop a friendship, um, even though the woman's a little odd. Um, A little? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. And then she, uh, while being over there, notices or finds a cabinet by accident filled with the same purse That she had seen before. There are several of them. Yeah, there's like 12. And um, they all have sticky notes for who found them and everything. And then she realizes it's some sort of weird, creepy scam. She tries to break the whole thing off. And then that's when her new buddy Greta um, shows her true colors of being batshit crazy.
0: Yeah, she was crazy. When she goes over there to take the bag back... You, you hear, like, uh, this banging and knocking, and she's like, oh, that's just my neighbors. I'm like, suspicious, bitch. I don't fucking think that's your neighbors. I No.
1: Yeah, that- I don't think so. That was a red flag. There were there was just, like, red flags flying everywhere, because there's a whole part where she's like, yes, everyone leaves me. You'll leave me, too. Okay, we've known each other for approximately two minutes. <laughs> I was going to so say, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> I feel like- um, our bond isn't such that I should feel bad about not ever speaking to you again since I, I don't fucking know you. But apparently, um, this girl is dumb AF because she's like, oh no, I'll be your friend. I'll never leave you, stranger I don't know.
0: Well, and it's funny too because she's like, that's just where I was raised. You know, we're supposed to be friendly. I'm like... You're from Boston. That's not like a small town where everyone has, like, no, I'm not, no offense if you're from Boston. I'm not saying everyone from there is an asshole, but you figure that's a big city, uh, just kind of like New York. Obviously, New York is much bigger, but I, it would have made more sense if she was from like Minnesota or some small town in like the Midwest. Not from fucking Boston. That doesn't make any, you you like would be more. You
1: from, if you're from Boston, you are aware. Stranger danger. Stranger danger like is under, a thing.
0: Like, so that kind of, I was like, uh, all, all right. We're from
1: Orlando, and we're not like, oh, yeah, people are generally friendly. No, they're all suspicious. Yeah. Be aware. I
0: pretty much hate everyone that I run into on in the streets, and I was just like, like, I would never be, oh, look a bag, cool, trash. Like, I'm sorry. I don't care.
1: Not you guys, though. We love you guys. Well,
0: <laughs> I said strangers that I meet on the street, uh, all the fans. If I were to run into a fan on the street, that would be a totally different story.
1: Unless uh, you're like, you're just going to leave me. Then <laughs> then I'm sorry, we're done here. Don't leave me.
0: But yeah, Greta, oh man, that bitch was crazy. And I, I, mean, I want to look up who that was because I feel she did a fantastic job. Uh, oh, at, she
1: played the crazy card real yeah, well. Yeah,
0: she did it real well. And of, and of course, Chloe, is it Chloe Grace Moretz or Chloe Moretz Grace? Chloe Grace Moretz was as charming as always. Always. She yeah. will always have a special place and in my heart.
1: And it was Isabel Huppert. 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 Who has been in approximately nothing one else thing. we have heard of ever.
0: But yeah, she was great because there's so many moments where, just like you were saying, you're like, red flag, red flag, fuck that. And there's even one point where she shows up to her job because uh, Chloe works in like a really high-end restaurant, really fancy, whatever, and she shows up and like sits in her section and is basically trying to be, like, why don't you answer me? What are you doing? Like, you need to be, you need a mother. It's like, ah, because her uh, Chloe's mom, you know, she's, she's. Not around. She's dead. So she's trying to like be her mother figure, and it's like, no crazy bitch. Why don't you fuck off?
1: I didn't ask to be adopted.
0: Yeah, I didn't ask for this. You're being creepy as shit. And she makes a whole scene in the restaurant. And then I think I think it's before she even does that. She's is that when she's standing outside or is yeah, that like after?
1: early on after she's like, yeah, I'm just gonna ghost her. And Greta doesn't like being ghosted, I guess, because then she hovers outside of uh, the girl's job, and um, she calls the police. And I take personal offense to this portrayal of police because I like to think they're better than this. But the guy basically shrugs and goes, she can stand on public property. Her rights are protected. Like, bro, your partner is literally four feet from her. He can't walk over to her and say, hey, you're bothering the girl. She clearly doesn't want to talk to you. Maybe you should go, you know, move on with your life. She clearly doesn't want to be friends. Like, I feel like any good cop would at least take the 30 seconds to say, "Hey, you're making this girl uncomfortable." And he's just like,
0: he shrug. <laughs>
1: Probably nothing's going to happen. Bye.
0: And it's funny too because even her coworker when she come when Greta comes to the restaurant, she's like, "Is that your stalker?" And Chloe's like, "Yeah." And she's like, "Good luck." Like, "Fuck you. How about fuck you?" Like, "What what do you mean, good luck?" That's a bunch of bullshit right there. Yeah, and Shitty we know people who've had
1: stalkers who have had that happen to them where yeah. their coworkers or their friends will be like, Shrug, Shrug. <laughs> just ignore them. <laughs> wow, you are a plus support.
0: Yeah, let's hope this never happens to you. Seriously. But yeah, Greta was great. It was uh you know, I saw the trailer. I was like, "Oh, it'll be cool, like a little thriller." But no, there was a lot of horror elements in there. There was a lot of like ah moments, like "Holy shit!" I didn't see that coming. And uh, yeah, it was it exceeded expectations for sure. And uh, I know we were talking about this when we came out of the movie. Like every movie we've seen this year, fantastic.
1: Oh yeah, I have no. like
0: I haven't seen one movie that I've been like eh, about. Like everything I've seen has been amazing. And oh, yeah, uh, it's been a good time. Yeah, really good time. So the ne- and the next one we're gonna talk about is. Probably the best one I've seen this year. What do you what do you think?
1: Um. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm in love <laughs> with it. So uh, that's that's a good. Well, it's point. funny
0: too because uh, I've heard critics say like January and February are like the worst time for movies for whatever reason. I'm not sure why that's a thing, but like that's the that's what I've gotten from listening to other podcasts. Are like yeah, January, February. Like Leonard, I don't know if you know who Leonard Moulton is. He's like yes. a, yeah, he's a critic. He's like yeah, January and February are the worst times. And I'm like.
1: Well, this wh- one came out in March, so.
0: What? Well, no, no, no. But I'm just saying, the stuff that we've seen is like it's been amazing. So I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't see how it could suck because everything's been awesome, unless.
1: Maybe it's less box office revenue because less people are going to the movies this time of year. Because summer is really when people yeah. go to the movies. Oh, yeah, it's
0: true. And if that's the case, then I guess it's only going to get better from here, and I'm okay with that. But yeah. yes, I digress because I kind of went on a little rabbit trail there. Captain Marvel. Ah. Fuck yes, dude. Ooh, so good. That movie was great, and I heard a lot of, like, bad things about it. They were like, it's not that good. It's like, okay, it's just another superhero movie. Uh, Do not listen to that at all, because Captain Marvel was probably my now favorite Marvel movie uh, to date. I don't know about you.
1: No, same. um, The representation of women was fantastic. Um, Because, yeah, it is really, like, an origin story so to speak um, but they don't put it in the same like basic format of oh start as someone and it's not as linear so they really they really took a different route to tell the same style of story which I think is what some people didn't like was that it was a it was once again an origin story like with spider-man they didn't do an origin story but in this case they took it a different route they went a different way to do the same thing and I think that's why I enjoyed it more because it wasn't the same format, but it was the same story.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, and I feel like they did it so many times with Spider-Man, you know, by the time Homecoming came out, that was, like, the third adaptation of it, and you're just like, just get to him, you know, being (laughs) Spider-Man, but yeah, this was definitely different, because you're right, it does tell the story of how she got her powers and stuff, but it's not, like, A to B, it's kind of, like, start in the middle and then kind of explain the beginning and the end and all this crazy stuff, so yeah.
1: Yeah, like, and it's really just about her embracing her inner strength and um, like being who she was meant to be, and I, I think they did a great job. And Brie Larson nailed it. Yeah,
0: she fucking killed it. I know she's been in a bunch of other stuff, but like that was really the first time I can remember that I can remember seeing her in anything. Uh, my Scott bu- Pilgrim. She's in Scott Pilgrim.
1: She's the ex girlfriend.
0: Oh my god! Are you um uh, not Ramona? Ramo no no. Uh, the blonde chick that sings, right? Yeah. She, oh my God, uh, it's Brie
1: Larson. What is her name? It's something stupid. Vanity. Vanity? Serenity. Uh, charity. <laughs> um,
0: Hold on, let me look it up real quick. I, I, did, I did not know that Brie Larson was in that. That's fucking crazy.
1: Oh yeah, she was in it. She uh, did really good in that one Are too. Are you
0: sure? I don't see her.
1: I am 100% Sure.
0: I don't think so. I think
1: I'm right, and you are Unless well.
0: she's like not, oh, there she is. God. Oh, Envy.
1: See? It envy. Started, it ended in a Y. I was
0: kidding. It at. ended in a Y. It started with, oh, that's so crazy. I was just going
1: to start rhyming words till it worked out for me.
0: Okay. but Yeah. Anyway, so she did a great job, and uh, also uh, my heartthrob was Gemma Chang. Oh, my God. She yes, was Yes, awesome. I know.
1: You're also in love with her now.
0: <sighs> I'm in love with all these people. I'm sorry.
1: Okay. Captain Marvel is now 79% that's on Rotten was. Tomatoes. It is certified fresh, though.
0: Sort of thought. Really? And it's 79? Th- certified fresh? Wow. Yeah. Um, I thought it needed to be like in the 90s it, for it to no. be certified fresh.
1: No, it doesn't. Oh. Um.
0: Well, shows how much I know.
1: And then it's got a 62 for audience score. I'm guessing a bunch of dude bros did that.
0: <laughs> I don't know what it was because like.
1: Probably because uh, it was the first time a woman was taking charge of things. God there forbid. was no stereotypical, oh, I've got to swoon over a guy thing. There was no romance in that. Literally, her love story was her love between her and her best friend. It was a love lost between best friends, a love found between best friends. But it had nothing to do... There was no, like, I've got to get the love of a man to be stronger.
0: Okay, but where, where is that in other superhero movies? Like, what? Wh-
1: Are you... What? Seriously?
0: Uh, I, I guess I really don't pay attention to the romantic parts. I just pay attention to the Yeah, the like, action. Captain
1: Marvel had... um. What is her name? Uh, This
0: is going great. Why don't you you pull it up on IMDb? I'm pulling it
1: up right now. What's
0: her name with my iPad right in front of me?
1: Thor had Jane. Who
0: the fuck is Jane? Natalie Portman. Oh, wow. I guess I don't pay attention. Yeah,
1: even uh, Avengers had, um, at one point, they had that little thing going between um, Black Widow and Hulk.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's not, like, the main focal point of the story, though.
1: Peggy. Peggy Carter. That's who... Captain America falls in love with and You said he,
0: you said Captain Marvel.
1: Oh, I said I meant Captain. Get your America. shit together. Sorry, everybody. Well,
0: yeah, I mean there's like little love interest, but like there, that's never been a focus like a, like oh, this is the focal point of this movie.
1: But I'm saying like a, in a lot of female-driven movies, it's always well, like yeah, also, yeah. they're usually something about romance yeah. and um can't think of what the test is called, but there's a test that um movies have to pass um for whether or not they uh, woman or two women have had a um conversation that does not directly involve them talking about a man in most movies don't pass that test most conversations women have in film about a guy okay yeah so this would be one of those movies where it actually passed that test because it like a lot of their (laughs) stuff had nothing to do with uh let's focus our attention on a bro
0: well but that's the thing because they had a lot of focus on samuel l jackson i mean he was literally like in most of the shots, you know what I mean? Like, as much as it was about Captain Marvel, I feel like it was also, like, the Nick Fury story. It was, like, Captain Marvel, colon, Nick Fury story. Like, because he was in so much of that.
1: Well, yeah, and I think he had a really good um, rapport with her. And, and he was um, fucking hilarious, too. He was, but, like, there was no weird tension between them. It was just, like, yeah. we're going on a mission together. We can be friends. Like, we've got good banter, and that's it.
0: True enough. And, uh, yeah, this also does explain how he gets his uh, his... I fucked up, which was pretty funny. Yeah. The origin of how that happened was great. And all I will say is Goose. You will understand once you see. <laughs> Goose was the fucking hero of that movie. Fucking awesome, but Captain Marvel. Marvel, Mar- 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 Captain Marvel was great, and yes, it's not technically horror, but it is in the sci-fi vein, and there's aliens and spaceships and shit. So we'll get away with it on this ah, podcast.
1: Bechdel test. Is yeah. Bechdel test. That's. What Can
0: you talking. focus on what we're talking about?
1: I just wanted you to know.
0: I I don't care.
1: Well, yeah, of course you wouldn't.
0: You're a <laughs> man. Wow. Ooh.
1: Wow. Burn. That's
0: yeah. Give me some ice for that if you're gonna burn me. Jesus. Okay, so those are the movies that we've seen recently. All good, all recommended. Go out and see them. I'll, and if you're gonna see Captain Marvel, go see it in Dolby, because apparently that's better than what we saw it in. Oh. I, I don't know. Like, there. Spencer was telling me the other day, like, oh yeah, Dolby's way better than IMAX, and I'm like, I, I don't.
1: Fantastic. Kn-
0: I don't know the difference, but I will. I will do that next time. So yeah, if you're gonna go see it, check it out in theaters because it is awesome. Oh, the only thing I had a problem with about Captain Marvel was. The weird black bars that kept appearing and disappearing.
1: That's more of a cinema, or a, more of a formatting issue that has nothing to do with the film itself.
0: I'm just saying it was weird because it was like full screen, widescreen, full screen. I'm like, ah. And pick I told a you they screen. did that
1: because the theater we were in was reformatted oh, for IMAX. It's not technically. Well, an IMAX I just screen. wanted to tell
0: the listeners, for screen. God's sakes, jeez. So yeah, that was the only thing I had a problem with. Everything else was amazing. So yes, go see all those movies now. Stop the episode. Go watch them. Come back.
1: Don't do that. Keep listening.
0: <laughs> so let's get on to the topic for the episode of Stephen King It and Pet Cemetery. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Okay, so let's kind of talk about the book, the miniseries, and the movie, and then kind of, you know, talk about what we liked and didn't like. So let's start with the 40 si- 44 hour?
1: 44. What it's
0: over 40-hour book. So why don't you kick it off? Because you're gonna explain it much better than I will.
1: Okay, so um, most people had the basic premise on it. Um, A uh, boy is killed by a clown in a drain. Um, Everything starts out that way.
0: Yeah, In life,
1: everybody's had that happen in their life. I didn't Um, lose an
0: arm, (laughs) and I'm still alive. But yes, I did have that occurrence with the clown in the drain.
1: Yeah. I mean, who hasn't? Scarred me.
0: Scarred me for life.
1: Um, So a little boy dies, and it is the brother of a boy named Bill. And um, through a bunch of experiences and circumstances, he and six other kids who are elementary school children. um, They're like 11. Which is elementary school. Yeah. um, Make friends with with each other. um, And they've all seen this clown in some form or another and decide they have to stop it because no one else in the town is acknowledging, um, what's going on and all the strange disappearances that are happening. And, um, they, they basically go to fight it. And, um, it comes every 27 years and 27 years later after they've defeated it once, they have to come back as adults and try to remember what happened and defeat it again. Um, that was
0: a really good quick summary.
1: It's basic. Basically basic. everything
0: that's what happens. Yeah. And, you know, but in forty-six hours.
1: In forty-six hours, <sighs> because that involves a lot of flashbacks, because um, the book is set up from the perspective of the adults having flashbacks as kids, well, it's trying really, to remember.
0: It's really set up as almost like Mike's diary because yeah. he's basically the one that is the, I guess I'll call it the watcher, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Because he stays behind and dairy while everyone moves on with their lives, and you know, he watches for it, and the second it comes back, he calls everyone.
1: Yeah, and um the book is set up partially from him telling what's going on. Um, he talks about other occurrences because because it pennywise comes every 27 years. He talks about things that have happened in the past for hundreds of years, um, and instances where it was there and talking to people who And probably seen it, but not really noticed they had seen it or not really realized what they had seen. Yeah. And, um, but also talking about the other people, because once the, the other kids had left, they forgot. It's like they, it was erased from their memory and, um, they have to try to in pieces, remember their experiences and remember what they did as a group that unified them and gave them the ability to defeat it when, um, no one else could. So,
0: yeah, and uh, the book was long, obviously, but it was very good. And uh, I also liked that there was no preface in this one, which was great because Sting can get real. Sting? Sting. That's short for Stephen King. Sting. He can get really salty in his prefaces, and uh, he just goes off in all this crazy tangents. So, that was great. He kind of just dives right into the book. And, yeah, this the book basically starts with the scene with Georgie, and then after that, it goes to Mike, and he starts calling everyone, like, okay, it's back, y'all need to come back, and they don't really remember until they start talking to him for a second, they're like, oh, yeah, Derry, Mike! Oh, yeah. Oh, repressed memories. Oh, God. <laughs> like, And they just start remembering everything, and they're like, oh, fuck. So yeah, they all leave and go back to Derry.
1: And we're not going to spoil too much of the adult portion, right. only because, um, you know, the new movie's coming out, and um, while well, the TV series also did the um, back and forth between the adults and the kids, if you've seen the, uh, the newer It movie, um, you know that they only address them as children. And we will be getting the adult version, though there will still be flashbacks um, to them as kids.
0: Because, yeah, all the kids are on on the IMDb page for the new It, so they're obviously going to do flashbacks. But, yeah, after uh, Mike calls everyone, they all start going back to Derry to you know fight it and defeat it, hopefully, this time. But yeah, I don't want to talk too much about them as, as adults because of what you just said. But I will say on that note, of them being adults, I did love this scene in the book with Bev and how she got away from her shitty husband. I thought that was probably my favorite of the calls. I thought that was great.
1: Yeah, because she essentially, <laughs> her father was abusive to her in a um, seriously, was that the 1950s? 60?
0: It was 57 and 84 I think. yeah and
1: so basically like in a really like oh the man of the house um does what he needs to do to keep his kids and his yeah. family in check kind of weird ba- like backhandedness and then yeah then yeah. it takes a weird rapey turn which they did kind of address in the um the book and the or the uh, mini series and the movie um Luckily it was much more toned down than the director wanted because the director wanted a full on attempted rape scene, and all the parents of the kids who were starring in the movie were like, No, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we're not doing that. We'll but thank to, you. Yeah, we'll that. get
0: to that because that oh that is um, something that has haunted me since I listened yeah, to it.
1: She essentially um marries a guy who's exactly like her father and exactly like um the bully that torments them um as kids. And The uh, bully actually was much more... Like, the kid who portrayed him in the movie, I thought, did a great job. He was very creepy. He was really low-key in the TV series, though. But in the book, I was honestly more afraid of him as a kid, not as an adult. But as a kid, I was afraid of that kid more so than I was Pennywise because Pennywise was taking on your deepest fears. But Henry Bower's was just batshit crazy, like, has no moral compass, has Mm -mm. no boundaries, because at certain points, they are genuinely afraid he is going to kill them. He even, like, poisons a dog just to get back at one of them. Well, he
0: poisons, uh, it's Mike's dog. Yeah. Because uh, Mike's dad stole his chick.
1: No, Mike's dad got um, Henry's father arrested That's right. after Henry's father killed all of his uh, chickens there we in, go. A ra- in a racist
0: act. Yeah, so he poisons Mike's dog and then just sits there and watches him die. I'm like, you sick fuck, what's wrong with you?
1: Yeah, he basically spends a long time getting the dog's trust. And then poisons him and then ties him to a tree so he can watch yep. him die.
0: And then just sits there like, ha, ha, ha. Like, ah, you, you are like 11 years old. What the fuck happened to you, bro? Yeah,
1: and then his dad like pats him on, a ba- on the back and gives him a beer for doing it. Yeah, like, what? Like, what
0: the fuck? Yeah, Henry Bar. And then what was the friend's name? Uh, Patrick. Patrick. I'll go ahead and talk about this real quick since we're on the subject of fucked up kids because it wasn't in the miniseries. And I don't feel like they're gonna do this in. Well, oh, no, they would well, have. No, already...
1: because they they killed him pretty early on. Yeah, in the they movie. killed Patrick
0: pretty early in the suit. That he was the kid with the lighter in the.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Tall gangly one. Tall
0: gangly one that dies in the sewers. And in the book, he murders his was a baby brother. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's not getting the attention anymore. And yeah, so just kill your brother. Just, you know, just go ahead and put the pillow over his head and snuff him out. Like, oh my God, what is wrong with these kids?
1: Yeah, he also didn't think that other people were real. So yeah. he didn't see a problem with that.
0: He thinks he's the only real person and everything else is just fantasy. I, it's, he, yeah, the kids, and the Henry Bowers and Patrick are some of the most fucked up characters I've ever. Yeah, yeah, they're they're genuinely
1: s- disturbing. Genuinely
0: disturbed and just fucked up.
1: Yeah, and they actually really. <laughs> really played down Henry Bowers in the miniseries because um, yeah. he had a couple of scenes but not near as much interaction but the kid who did uh, played him in the movie though he seriously he did a great job he had good crazy eyes Wait, uh, Henry? Yeah.
0: Yeah and you know it's funny because I just remembered because in the movie when he's shooting the, the cans he like makes his friend put the cat up there so maybe that was kind of like
1: a nod to that a lyric. nod to and him it- Killing I think it was the dog. like a hint at that yeah. That lack of boundaries exactly. he was developing.
0: Maybe that's what maybe um, that was kind of throwing like a oh I guess homage or whatever you want to call it to the Yeah, dog.
1: exactly. I think it was. And um and then also the whole change up in the uh, movie, which we didn't talk about, which is that the um the movie takes place in the eighties and I think it's gonna yeah. take place the adults are gonna take place present in time. a more present time. Yeah. And um which I actually personally liked. Uh Because it didn't really, I feel like the modernizing it actually played in their favor a lot. Um,
0: well, yeah, because, I mean, it's harder to make something in the 50s because then you have to get, you know, especially in this time, because it's like, okay, now we have to get 50s cars. We have to get, like, decorate the houses in 50s style. It would just cost so much more money. 80s you can get away with because, like, it's really just comes down to the cars at that point.
1: Not to mention <laughs> it's definitely throwing off that Stranger Things vibe, exactly. which didn't hurt their cause at oh, all. Oh, no,
0: especially with, you know, Finn Wolfhard or whatever his name is, yeah. which is a weird fucking last name. But yeah, a so cool last name. <laughs> So the book is obviously very detailed. And after Mike calls everyone and they go back, it starts, yeah, starts flip-flopping back and forth. And, you know, they're in the present and then they're past. And it gets super hard to follow. Like, some points it just stops mid-sentence and then picks up in another chapter, continuing that same sentence. And you're like, Stephen King, dude, reel it in.
1: Yeah, basically, once we get to the finale for them as kids and adults, it literally will stop mid-sentence, pick up to a different sentence And then it is near impossible to keep track of whether or not their kids are
0: adults. Yeah, and apparently he was on cocaine and wrote this book in four years. And I understand that now. That kind of makes sense of why the book is so fucking spazzy. Just like, ah, cocaine, yeah. And why there's
1: a magic space turtle. Oh, let's
0: talk about the magic space turtle in just a second. Because I want to talk about how all the kids see Pennywise in the book. Because Bill and Richie go to that house on Kneebolt Street in the book, and they see him... It's like a werewolf in, like, a school jacket or something like that. A
1: teenage werewolf from the, the te- movie that Richie had seen.
0: Yes. So, yeah, they all go to the movies and they see that, you know, see the, the teenage uh, werewolf. And then that's how it comes to Billy and or Bill and Richie. And, obviously, that's fucking terrifying.
1: And, yeah, something they actually address in the book is once one of them has seen it that way and told the others, they will all see it the same way that one kid has seen it because um, because of their connection. Right. So... Yeah, that's why they they all end up seeing a lot of the same things after they've all seen it a different way.
0: Yeah, and I like how um, they did they left something out of the miniseries and the well I don't know I think it was in the miniseries briefly but when they're at the movies in the book and then they they spot the you know Henry and Patrick and then they try to like get like get out of there and escape them they run into them in the alley and they like beat the shit out of them like they beat the shit out of Henry and Patrick I was like oh they should have fucking kept that in the movie like. I was really looking forward to that scene, but no, they took that out. I just I thought it was pretty cool because they beat him up and then they end up getting away. This scene I kind of liked. Uh, someone saw Pennywise as the mummy. I don't remember who that was because I remember it appears to someone as like Bor- Boris Karloff's mummy and they're like, ah! I don't remember who it was though. I just know someone in the book sees him as the mummy. I don't remember either. Because I know Eddie sees him as the leper, which is still in the 2017 movie, but in the book, uh, the leper is trying to suck his dick. Yep,
1: offers him a nice blowjob. Yeah, he's
0: like, "I'll suck your dick for a quarter," and he's like, "No!" And he's like, "What about a dime?" Like, "No!" He's like, "How about for free?" Ah! Fucking no! Yeah,
1: because his <laughs> greatest fear would be um, someone that is riddled with disease when he is a hypochondriac.
0: So yeah, and his mom is uh, crazy, ju- just as shrill in the book as she is in the 2017 movie.
1: And it was so upsetting because in the miniseries they made her like this thin little like. Woman, And she wasn't very annoying at all. But in the book, it is literally grating on your ears to listen to him do that voice for Eddie's mom. And they cast his mom perfectly in the movie because she was just as like whiny and grady overbearing. and overbearing, and like, Oh, you need your medicine. Like, you mean my pretend medicine? What did he call
0: them in the movie? He's like, Oh, these are just placentos or something, because
1: uh, pl- uh, they're
0: placebo pills that yeah. he's yeah, but he calls them like placentas or something. I was
1: like, Jesus Christ, yeah, something really <laughs> stupid.
0: So, yeah, gazebos, uh, gaze- yeah, the gazebos, that's right. But yeah, it's funny too, because in the book, he Eddie. Like when he's an adult, he marries someone just like his mom, and like a fat, you know, overweight, just gross like lady. And in the miniseries, it's just like, oh, he's not married. He lives with his mom. Like, that's a weird thing to change. Oh, and his mom is skinny and totally different. Like,
1: oh yeah, what? and it was super odd because they felt like multiple times they needed to hint at and then make super clear that he was still a virgin yeah, and like, possibly gay. Like they what kind the of the insinuated that he could maybe be gay, and you're like This is a really bizarre turn we've taken with Eddie's character that has nothing to do with, like, I don't know why you would do this to his character. I'm not sure what's happening. I mean, if they wanted to make his character gay, fine. But, like, stop being weird and insinuating and treating it like a joke. Yeah. Like, just go with it if you're going to go with it. Yeah, just
0: go with it. So, yeah, it, um, what else was I going to say about the kids? Oh, yeah, so it shows to Eddie that way. Bill and Richie, yeah, it comes to someone as the mummy, and then basically it just appears to all the kids in crazy ways that is their worst fear. And obviously that would terrify the fuck out of me if I saw that. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, and then Pennywise, you know, he obviously lives in the sewer, so they all go down there, and, you know, to basically fight him and get him out of dairy. And they go down there. Because uh, basically, if you've seen the movie, it's the book is pretty true to the kid portion. Oh no, sorry, the movie is very true to the book as in the kid portion, because they go down to the sewers with everyone and they fight him off. But in the book, there is a point when, there's a Bill, gets like sucked into this macroverse of something yes. with Penny when he's fighting Pennywise.
1: In the ritual of Chud.
0: Oh yeah, the ritual of Chud or Chud or Chud. however you want to say it, and he gets he's fighting Pennywise and. He, yeah, he gets like every, he kind of just stops moving, gets sucked in this macroverse and starts flying past all this crazy shit and eventually ends up at this giant magic space turtle, which he has a name. Can you look up the name? Because he actually appears in like multiple books of Stephen King. So he gets to the space turtle and he's talking to him. I don't really exactly remember what happens, but all I know is once he meets the space turtle, he has to say that phrase that his mom gave him.
1: He thrusts his fist against the post and still insists he sees the ghost.
0: That's what his mom would try to make him say to overcome his stutter. So he's never been able to do it, but in order to get out of this macroverse, space turtle, weird shit, he has to say that.
1: Maturin.
0: Yeah, Maturin, yeah. He appears in, what does he appear in?
1: Oh, he appears in like three of the um, Dark Tower series books. and oh, shit. This.
0: Oh my God, I thought it was just the first book.
1: No, he appears, no, three of those books that you listed off were. Oh
0: man. So yeah, he, the Maturin appears in a bunch of shit and i really kind of sad that this was not addressed in the miniseries or the 2017 movie because I mean, that would have been awesome to see. Just a giant, like, oh, I'm sorry, I created the universe. I had a stomachache. What? What are you talking about, bro? I'm actually
1: much happier with how they did
0: it. Um, I just wanted to see a space turtle
1: (laughs) I know, Um, but the way they did it in the TV series, flat out, it was just ridiculous. It was so anticlimactic and goofy, um, which they couldn't, like, they really couldn't help that. It was the time period and everything, but, um, and budget. But in the book, it was really interesting. Um, Totally bizarre, but I really liked how they did it in the movie because in the book, it was about Bill facing off um, with Pennywise and... Defeating him basically in his own mind.
0: Yeah, it became and, more about just him,
1: and which was great because at one point they literally like, oh, I need them so I can defeat him. Like oh, so they're basically like stepping stones for you to get to him, which is ridiculous because the rest of the book they're talking about how important it is that they do this together.
0: Yeah, they need to be unified, and to in defeat the movie, him.
1: they actually do unify. Yeah. They unify, and they they all play a part. And all go after it at once, which is the whole reason that Pennywise has to withdraw because he can't fight all seven of them at the same well, yeah. time. Yeah,
0: how awesome is that scene when he's just he like when someone attacks him, he comes at them in the way that scares them, and then the next way that scares you know like every time and he starts warping, he starts warping into all their biggest fears. So that, so that scene was awesome.
1: Yeah, and also I really appreciated how they. Um, Made Bev so much stronger a character because she does have in the, her in the movie. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. Because in in the book she has her moments where she's stronger, but she tends to be this still have this very strong damsel in distress presence. She's going also on. got
0: a complex from her father. Like, yeah. <laughs> and and
1: then they make that defining to who she is as a person. Yeah. Which is disappointing because then it kind of implies, oh, if your dad was an a hole to you as a kid, then that means you're never going to be able to find yourself as a person when you're right. an adult. And um, in the in the TV series, she was even more so. She had one strong moment when she fought off her husband, and then damsel in distress. The rest of the time, she was basically useless. Yeah. But in the TV, in the movie, she was like she's a badass. She, she's a badass. She stands up for herself. She does her own thing. She, you know. Doesn't cry when the girls are mean to her at school. She, um, she's braver than the boys. And then yeah, even she's the
0: bravest of, out of everyone. Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and then like even when Bill decides he's gonna go into the house on Nebole Street, she's like she just looks at everyone else when they volunteer to stay out. Like, are you fucking kidding, guys? Oh like, seriously? yeah.
0: She's like who's going in first? And She's just like, I guess I'm going in. You bunch you, of sissies. <laughs> like it says,
1: you're all just standing here. And then, and Pennywise even gets pissed off because. He's, like, trying to scare the hell out of her, and she's like, you don't scare me anymore. And he can smell that she's useless now because she doesn't feel that fear.
0: Yeah, because that's the whole thing. He tries to get as much fear out of someone as he can because it makes the killing better or some tastier. shit. They're Yeah, they're tastier when they're more scared. And she's like, no, you know what? How about this? How about fuck you? I'm yeah.
1: scared of you. Uh, because, and I, I loved that because that's... Not something that comes up a lot in films. It's a lot of, or especially for women, it's a lot of like, oh, I'm just going to curl in a ball and cry. And she's like, how about go fuck yourself? I'm not scared of you. And that, I know that means that I'm not as useful to you as you'd like me to be.
0: Right. Yeah. No, it was, uh, the book was great. Uh, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a long read, but it is, it is a really good book because it goes into such detail that you just don't get from, you know, movies and miniseries. And I don't want to talk too much more about it. Oh, except for the, uh, I love the part when, because, you know, Henry gets blamed for the murders of Patrick and all that, right? And all the missing kids. Yeah, all the missing kids. He somehow gets blamed. So he's in the loony bin. And... He's looking out at the moon, and this is true in the book, and the miniseries. He's looking out at the moon, and then Pennywise just pops on the moon. Like, his face just appears on the moon and starts talking. He was like, hey, Henry, I need you to do something. Mind you, this is obviously when they're adults. Pennywise is like, yeah, I need you to go kill all the kids because they're back in Derry. Because, you know, I can't do it. Tried to do that once. Didn't work. (laughs) So... He goes to, like, basically leave, and one of the guards comes in, and he's got, like, a roll of quarters and socks, because that's how they, I guess...
1: it just got a roll of quarters in his hand, because they're oh, not allowed was... to have nightsticks.
0: Oh, that's right. So, yeah, they, they have that as their defense. So, one of the night guards comes in the room, because he hears Henry, and <laughs> so he looks to the left of Henry, and you see a guy in a clown suit, and the head of a Rottweiler. And, I'm and I, you know, when you hear that in the book, you can get a sweet image in your head. And then you go to the miniseries, and... And it pans up from the feet to, like, the neck, and then it stops. And then the next scene is clearly just a dog, like, in a studio with the, cl- with the clown suit on, just barking. I'm like, oh, my God, that couldn't have been more magical. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. I was cracking up when we were watching that. Yeah. And uh, so that's, yeah, that's really about all I want to say about the, the book. You
1: don't want to compare.
0: Well, no, no, no. I'm just saying that's. I, I, I want to compare, it, but I'm saying I don't want to talk too much more about the book because oh. you know it's it's mainly them as adults. You know, it's it's a lot more focused on them as adults. But I will say that uh, Richie has a uh, no, Bill has a has a as a ponytail, and I thought that was oddly. tragic. Yeah, just like oh, you've got huge glasses and a ponytail. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah,
0: book was great, but yeah, let's let's talk about the miniseries and how how it was compared to the book.
1: Um. Definitely, for the most part, it followed along the same, like, the setup, but they took some weird liberties with the uh, the miniseries that I think um, were kind of disappointing. Yeah. Now that I've listened to the book, like, it's just not that I don't love the miniseries because Tim Curry is awesome. Tim, he, yeah, he plays a good Pennywise. And I feel like he does a very close-to-the-book depiction of Pennywise, which was really nice. But they made some really bizarre changes, um...
0: Yeah, like with Eddie and you know his wife. He doesn't. He doesn't have a wife in the miniseries. He's living with his mom. Like, okay, weird. Yeah, and like <laughs> um,
1: Bev and Bill are both redheads, but they're both not redheads. And for some reason, Richie is a yeah. redhead in the <laughs> beginning, but also not when he's an adult. Yeah, because you know, like, it's played by right. as a Seth kid. Green. It,
0: yeah, he's played by a kid as Seth Green. I'm like, so you have a redhead in here, but he's not playing the red. Okay. Weird. Bizarre. Yeah, because Bev is described as like a fiery redhead. And she's like, what, blonde in the miniseries? Like, like brunette? Dirt,
1: dirty brown she's hair. She's
0: like, okay. Why couldn't you have just got like Molly Ringwald or something? She was probably available.
1: And also a full-grown adult <laughs> at that point.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. She would have been perfect for the adult version. She was
1: busy doing the stand, okay?
0: Oh, shit. That's probably true. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, it's just such a weird choice to just drastically change.
1: Yeah, they, they made some odd changes. I think they... Um, downplayed some more important parts and then skimmed past some other things that they shouldn't have, but... uh
0: Yeah, because obviously they can't have the whole scene with Eddie and the leper. They did a totally different scene, which was cool, you know, like in the shower with all the shower heads kind of poking out and the water getting super hot and Pennywise just like, you know, rips the hole wide open. It's like, hey, Eddie, like, yeah, that was cool, but you kind have just like, just, just not... Kept the you know kept the part out of sucking your dick. He you could have just like still had the leper, still have made his face fall off. No, okay. Well, I think they go ca- a totally different yeah way. they
1: had, like they kind of had the leper, but he was talking to Stan because Stan apparently had a lobotomy and decided to wander into a random house because it was calling to him, and it was and that was like the whole scene for the house on Nebole Street.
0: Yeah, it's only in that th- it's in that one scene in the main series, right? That's it.
1: Yeah. And (laughs) that, and while it doesn't play as big a role as it does in the movie, um, it was important in the book because it was the first time that they realized as kids that their belief in the fact that they could hurt Pennywise was what was actually making it work because, um, if they didn't stick together and believe it, nothing could hurt him. But because they truly believed that what they were doing was going to work, then they could cause him pain and they could stop him. And, um, that was really important but they they made it the house much more of a more of the opening to the sewers in the in the movie yeah in the
0: movie cuz yeah that's where you, they went underneath the house and that's or in the basement or something and that's where he was like sliding down the well or whatever the hell it yeah. was but yeah the the house in neville street is a big factor in the movie or in the book and it's it's pretty you know, heavily used in the in the movie too, but it's, yeah, it's
1: much more important in the movie than it is in the book.
0: Yeah, and then the miniseries are just like, yeah, we'll I'll just do one scene of this, and I was like, like, oh, did you see that house? There it you is. Get it done. All right, and yeah, it's, the miniseries just did so many little things. Uh, see, what I've noticed with the King adaptations and like The Shining that we've watched, all that stuff that we've watched, it's like so true, and then they kind of stray away, and then they get to the end and they're like, scrap everything we have, we're gonna do it totally different. And I'm just like, King, you're involved in all of this stuff. Just keep it the same. Just why do you have to make it so much more dramatic than it was? <laughs> like I, that's, that's been true in everything we've watched.
1: I, I think he does a great job writing. I also think that he should not be involved in his own films. Yeah. Because um, look at because he just makes such bizarre changes. He's like, hold on, I've got new ideas. Like, bro, you already wrote the story. Stop. He's
0: like, hold on, I hold on, I've got an idea. What you twist it. Sorry, technical tef- technical difficulties. Our headphones are really sketchy. No? Not working?
1: Yes, they're made out of cardboard tubing and suction cups.
0: No, 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 no. no. We've got tin cans and string. That's how we do this. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, King is just kind of all over the place uh, when he actually puts... Because he does the screenplays for most of the movies. And yeah, it just gets to a certain point where you're like, you have the idea, King. Why don't you just keep it true? Because you've kept everything else true.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, he... He did the same thing in The Shining, though, where he just like yeah took a weird right turn, and we spent the last ten minutes of that movie going, "What, what the, fuck the fuck is fuck? happening?"
0: Now the stand is pretty like yeah, the stand was like the only one he didn't go crazy in. The ending was still a little different, but that was the definitely the truest. And then you get to it, and you're like, "What, what the hell are you doing? Why are you making these choices?" Because I just don't get it. And I guess I can finally understand now why people get so frustrated when they watch stuff after reading it, because. These are like some of the first books I've actually ever read. Not much of a reader, but if I can listen to it, it's cool. So yeah, I, if I'm finally understanding the frustration with people, like, it wasn't true to the book, what the hell are you doing? And since it was both done by King, you're, it's even more confusing because the story's right there in front of you.
1: Yeah, which is actually <laughs> why I'm um, a bigger fan of the, the movie, um, because they made changes. But if you're going to make changes to the story they better be good changes. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. And all the changes they made in the story, um, horrifying for for the movie, not only did it make it scarier and make the danger feel more real. Um, but it also like it dealt with a lot more of them needing to be unified. They really like built on that a lot more. Um, they really just like fleshed out some of the basic ideas of the, uh, the book that were, talked about over such a long period of time. They yeah. weren't as, as as strong, but they're like, let's bulk up those ideas. Let's bulk up the danger because, yeah, even in, like like we had said, like the bully in the book was more terrifying to me oh, than yeah. Pennywise was. But in the movie, the danger from Pennywise felt real because there were instances where he was there and they didn't even know.
0: What, in, in the book or like in the movie? When,
1: like in the library where there's the old woman standing oh, yeah. behind. Ben and Ben doesn't even realize
0: Yeah, that like yeah, that what I love like totally agree with what you're saying because I love the changes that they made because they were horrifying. Like the like the ending and how he appeared to everyone, because he appeared to everyone. I mean, he did appear in the movie as a leper, but obviously he didn't ask Eddie to suck his dick. He was like offering him pills, like, you better take your pills, Eddie. And yep. then there was one scene where he had he like threw down his hand and it like, you know, the wolf hand came out, which was like homage to him as the wolf. And there was another thing. That they threw homage to. Oh, yeah. And then when Mike uh, saw Pennywise for the first time, he saw all the hands coming out of the uh, like the, the meat, whatever it was. Yeah, the,
1: the back door to the, um, the butcher shop. The butcher shop, Yeah,
0: yes. And that was homage to the black spot, which was a really big part in the book because that was uh, a place where his father had worked. And also Dick Halloran was mentioned in It. Yep. If you know him from The Shining, yeah, he was a he was a cook at the Black Spot before he moved over to the Overlook. But yeah, so all the homage that they threw in was great to the book because I didn't get a lot of it. And then I read the book and we watched the movie. I was like, oh, so yeah, they're kind of throwing little nods and gestures.
1: Yeah, like they even had the um, the kids from the Easter egg hunt for at the um, Ironworks explosion, like in way back when the oh, Ironworks yeah. exploded, and then. Um, well, during a huge Easter egg hunt and, uh, like, lots of children died and body parts were found in trees and it was horrifying to hear about. Yeah, that was Ben flipping
0: through the book. Yeah, Yeah. but then Ben ends
1: up, like, seeing those kids and I like how they used things that had happened in the past um, because those were real events to scare the kids even more because, you know, things that are grounded in reality are often more terrifying than things in your imagination because... I can agree with that. I mean, they've they've really happened.
0: Yeah, and like seriously, the, the the movie was so good. If you haven't seen it, what are you what are you doing?
1: What are you doing? What
0: are you doing? <laughs> See, yeah, because the it together, <laughs> the movie was great, and uh, it yeah it was it stayed true, but it also kind of did things a little differently. But those like you like we've been saying they they were a good different. So, is there anything else you want to say about that?
1: I think Bill Skarsgård um, was the. Better Pennywise. Not to say that Tim Curry wasn't excellent. Oh, yeah. He not was. He was much him. more accurate to the book, I feel. But um,
0: Skarsgård, Bill Skarsgård's
1: yeah. adaption had, like, his the way he presented it, he had that off-putting feeling, but he also had that weirdly cheery voice that yeah. made it kind of enticing to want to talk to him, but then he'd immediately shift into something more off-putting at the same time. Um, yeah.
0: He was so fucking creepy.
1: Yeah, and plus you could do that weird thing is with his eyes. With the, yeah,
0: with his eyes going apart, like yeah, because yeah, like you said, Tim Curry was great, but I didn't, re- I wasn't a fan of his voice really. He was kind of like, hiya, yeah, Georgie, and I'm like, eh, it's kind of weird. But yeah, Pennywise with the really high pitch, just oh you're really freaking me out, dude. Absolutely. And I remember when we were we uh we were sitting down in the theater, and you looked at me, and you're like wonder how gory or bloody this is going to be. And then Georgie's arm just gets ripped off and there's blood everywhere. And you're like, oh, that gory. Okay, yeah. This is going to be one hell of a fucking movie. Yeah,
1: cause <laughs> that was a, that was an immediate start. Um, because I, I remember when I watched the miniseries, they kind of just showed that he was being pulled and then yeah. cut to a different scene. And they're like, rip his arm off. I'm like, holy shit.
0: Yeah, like, and CG was a little wonky, but yeah, was, I was like, "I was like, oh my God, okay, this is what we're but dealing with. Got only
1: it. only in that scene, everything else was magical. Everything else was
0: great, yeah. So yeah, that was, that was it. Uh, 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 get it, get it? That was, that was it. Okay, <laughs> that was so I should funny. not be a comedian. Thank you. So yeah, uh, I recommend you know, reading the book. Mini miniseries was special, but I definitely recommend giving it a watch. And if you haven't seen the 2017 movie, get the fuck on it, because the new one comes out this year.
1: Yay. So
0: we recommend it. Go see it. Do it. Now, <laughs> don't look at me like that. Now, okay, anyway, so yeah, we recommend all that, but nonetheless, let's get to Pet Cemetery, which was amazing. What do you think? Yes, no?
1: I really liked it.
0: You really liked it? That's it.
1: I don't like it as much as the other ones, but I still thought it was really good. Wait,
0: okay, so we talked about our favorites of the first episode. We talked about, has this changed your favorite of the four that we've listened to? No. Pet Cemetery is the last one? Really? Yeah, I
1: also what? now have to wedge Firestarter in there, so it's going down another You knot.
0: Really? Yeah. What, a, what about it? Didn't like, what? It's not that I didn't like it. It's oh, just that I'm more I'm
1: more attached to the other stories because I have more history with those? Maybe I'm
0: just being blindsided by Michael C. Hall and the I the feel like, yeah, ri-
1: there's a level of favoritism there that's uh, really...
0: It's Michael C. Hall, dude. It was awesome. So... I'm really mad at you. You don't even like, you don't even like the book. What, like, are you going to put Firestarter in front of this one, too?
1: Absolutely, you I am. I think that bitch. book is excellent, and I really can't wait to get to the end. You have not even seen the half of it
0: yet. Okay. Oh, I'm so, hurting. yeah, while we're on the subject of Firestarter, there is going to be, obviously, more King episodes. Um, we're, we're both listening to Firestarter right now. I've got Salem's Lot. I think we're going to do Cujo. So we're just going to keep updating you on the... And uh, Carrie. Yeah, and Carrie. So we're just going to keep... Updating you on the live or the lives, the uh, stories of Stephen King, and doing as many episodes as we can.
1: Yeah. Also, um, just an FYI, the Carrie book is going to be read by Sissy Spacek. And oh yeah, that's awesome. Which, if you know anything, you know she played Carrie, which makes it. Fantastic! Yeah, that is the coolest gonna awesome. thing ever.
0: That's going to be so awesome. So yeah, we will uh, pretty much do a King episode as, as often as we can just because it is fun to talk about them books and how they compare to the movies and vice versa and stuff like that. But nonetheless, let's get, let's get to Pet Cemetery. Got distracted. I'm sorry. So yeah, Pet Sematary uh, in the book. Let's talk about the book first. This uh, he, ha- he has a preface in this one and King says in his opinion that this is the most frightening book he's ever written. And uh, it's one of the ones that skates. He says it's not going to be the one that scares readers the most, but it was based in like something that happened in his life, obviously not with the death of the kid, but it was ba- it was an event that happened to him and it's funny because he wasn't even going to publish this book, but he owed Doubleday, which was his publisher at the time. He owed them one more book. so he and all he had at the time was pet cemetery and he like talked to his wife and she was like, well just just put it out there. So that is the only reason why Pet Cemetery got published and I'm thankful for that because it's awesome. Uh, so yeah, as, as most of his stories do, it takes place in Maine. Uh, it takes place in a town called Ludlow, Maine, and it follows the Creed family, Louis, Rachel, Eileen, but she's referred to as... Uh, Ellie. As Ellie, and Gage and their cat church. And they're moving to Ludlow from Chicago because Louis got a job at the University of Maine. And... You know, they pull up to the house and Rachel's like, oh, this house is beautiful. They get out and they meet their neighbor, Judd, who comes over and uh, starts talking to them. And then he sees that they see this, uh, the path, right? Yes. The path that's on this. Well, in the book, it's like behind their house.
1: And in the movie, it's just directly next to the side of the road, real subtle. Yeah, it's like
0: it's like oh, right there. You mean it's got it's even got like rocks that are on the side of it. But in the book, it's just tall grass with a path that's been cut. I think they did it in the book just to like signify that, or in the movie just to like signify that it was like this is where the trail is or whatever. So he tells them, oh, we should go up there. You know, I'll, I'll show you around. And of course, they do. It was a bad idea, terrible idea. And they see all the, uh, you know, they go to the Pet Cemetery. They see all the what are they, wow, what am I, I can't, I'm blanking. Tombstones, markers, whatever you want to call markers. them. Yeah, and they all have funny things written on them. And then they see the deadfall, and it's like, yeah, we should just. Which is
1: a pile of trees at the back of the uh, cemetery. Yeah, a big
0: giant pile of trees that's, like, kind of, like, you know, encompasses the pet cemetery. Uh, and then you want to talk about his first day uh, on the job? Because that was stressful in um, the book. Holy shit.
1: Yeah, because he gets that job at the uh, university, um, Medical office. Um, and yeah, whatever
0: it is, it's something.
1: <laughs> and the first day he, uh, he has a patient come in. Um, everyone's screaming covered in blood. Uh, the guy's got his head cracked open and he's basically dying on the floor. Yeah, he's
0: bleeding out pretty bad.
1: Yeah. And, um, basically, he gets left alone with the guy, and the guy starts saying odd things to him. Um,
0: yeah, like really weird things. Like,
1: like talking about the pet cemetery, talking to him by name. And he's like, Lewis you know is like, name? How the hell do you know <laughs> any of this? And uh, then that guy ends up visiting, or like he ends up dying. Yeah, in he his dies. Arms. Yeah,
0: there, just like minutes later.
1: Yeah, but then he ends up dreaming about him that night at the pet cemetery. Um, well,
0: he comes to his house.
1: Yeah, in the, in his
0: dream. In his dream, and then he like walks through the front door, and he's like, "Oh, I just must be dreaming, because like, he just went through a door." And then he wakes up the next day, and he's like, "Oh shit, there's like dirt and mud in my bed. Oh, I must have actually gone there."
1: Yeah, because he he follows um the guy to the pet cemetery and. Um, The guy tries to warn him not to go past it. Pascal, Pascal, that's his name. Pascal, yes. I just remembered. (laughs) Um, Not to go past the pet cemetery, no matter how much he might want to.
0: Yeah, it's just like, it's just a bad idea. Don't do that. And he, yeah, he thought that was all a dream until he wakes up. He's like, oh, shit, okay. Uh, So yeah, (laughs) he, uh, uh, oh no, and then, what what happens after that, after all that? Oh yeah, he sends the family.
1: Away for Thanksgiving. Away for
0: Thanksgiving. And Judd calls him. And by the way, Judd says, Rud for road for for whatever reason he didn't say that in the movie super upset felt betrayed
1: taking that real personal it was just
0: funny because like that there Rud is, is a bad Rud I was like that's a weird way to say Rud because your name's Judd and you live in Ludlow weird things are happening You're okay rhyming a lot <laughs> right now <laughs> well no that's that's the funny thing because his name's Judd he says Rudd, and they live in Ludlow I was like what is going on with all this so he anyways. <laughs> I'm getting really off topic here. He calls Lewis and is like, "Oh, I think this might be your cat over here," and he goes over and it turns out it is. It's Church, and he's like, "We got to go right now." And he's like, "Where?" He's like to the pet cemetery. So they go to the pet cemetery and they go past the deadfall, which is exactly what Pascal said not to do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And uh, they end up going to this Micmac burial ground, which were Indians that were indigenous there a, a, a long time ago or something. And they bury the cat there. Cool, great, awesome. And the cat comes back, as you can all pretty much assume at this point, because it has some.
1: Feel like the plot's not super secret at this
0: point. I, yeah, I mean, it, I didn't even, I hadn't even seen the movie or read the book, but I basically knew what was. I mean, it's called Pet Cemetery. You're gonna bury your pet there. It's gonna come back to life for for, for some reason. So he comes back, and uh, he smells like death, and he's acting all weird, and then Ellie and the family come back, and she goes to pick up Church, because it's Ellie's cat. And she's like, ew, Church, you stink. And he, like, really doesn't want to have anything to do with him, which I found kind of funny. And uh, after all of that, uh, God, what else happens after that? I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. I'm sorry.
1: Um, basically, some time goes by, and um, to keep it short and sweet, uh, the...
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just trying uh, to explain stuff here.
1: The the toddler son ends up getting out into the road and getting hit by a truck because they have a lot of problems with trucks driving by too quickly. The Oringo um, trucks. Yeah, and so he ends up dying. And um, oh yeah, spoilers.
0: It, sorry, just a uh, spoiler alert.
1: I wouldn't call it a spoiler <laughs> alert at this point because I I think if you've seen the trailer for the new movie, they're they're definitely going to be changing some things up.
0: Oh yeah, let's um, yeah.
1: Which I think will be for the better, but we'll get into that. Yeah, in we'll minute. get it.
0: We'll, we'll talk about that um, after we get through this.
1: But basically, the son dies. He is heartbroken, and the neighbor Judd comes over and is like, "I know what you're thinking about doing. Don't do it." And he's and because well, yeah, he like, asked him before. Yeah, and uh, if anyone had ever buried a yeah. person in the Mi'kmaq burial ground, he's like, "Don't do it." And he's like, "I wasn't even thinking about it." Lies, which was a lie, <laughs> um, liar, <laughs> and so Judd explains to him that when someone did actually do that, he had, he had lied and told Lewis that no one had ever tried that because it would be crazy. And he goes, actually someone did and it went horribly wrong. The guy came back wrong. Um, and then he would, and then he told us horrible things about ourselves that yeah. no one was supposed to know about, and um, crazy
0: shit happened. Like, yeah, fires. like, and the father
1: of the guy <laughs> that came back ends up killing him and burning down his whole house. She's and, like, and like, ah, holy shit, and. <laughs> And Lewis is like, "I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it." He thinks to himself as he's packing the shovel.
0: You're right. uh, He's like, "I'm not gonna do it. Shovel. Okay, got my flashlight. Okay, we're done. Let me go get
1: supplies. I'm definitely not doing this. Um, already pulling the kid out of the ground. I'm probably not gonna do this. (laughs) Um, and and Gage, his son, ends up coming back after he buries him, and he comes back. Real fucking wrong.
0: Oh, yeah. He comes back. And so, yeah, Lewis buries him in the burial ground. And then while Lewis is sleeping, Gage comes back, goes into his doctor's bag, grabs his scalpel, goes to Judd's house, murders the shit out of Judd. Just stab, 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 stab. Cool. And then while all this is happening, because we forgot to mention that Lewis and Ellie are back in Chicago with and her.
1: And Rachel and Ellie. Rachel and Ellie.
0: Rachel and Ellie are <laughs> back in Chicago with her, uh, her parents. While well, this all this is going on, because you know, because
1: he sends him away to exactly. get him out of the way. Yeah,
0: just to be like, you know, our son has died. You just get away for a while, so I can bury our son so, and bring him back.
1: So <laughs> I can bring him back from the dead.
0: So yeah, so they're away while all this is happening. But, um, you know, she, Rachel tries to get a hold of Louis be, because she's like, you know, just I, I want to know what's going on, and she can't get a hold of him. And their daughter's having nightmares. Crazy nightmares of like Pascal and like the you know the deadfall and all this stuff. So she finally calls Judd and's like, what's going on? What's going on? He's like, just come here. I'll tell you. So she fucking gets on a plane and then misses her connection, drives all the way up there. While Judd is basically getting murdered, she pulls up to the house, goes in there, sees Gage. Gage is like, I've got something for you, mom. Stab, 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 stab. She's like, oh my God. He
1: stabs her, to be clear.
0: Yeah, not, not him. Sorry. So yeah, so Gage comes back. He murders Judd, murders his mom, and then... Lewis finally wakes up, notices that there's a mysterious car over at Judd's. Goes and lots
1: of muddy footprints.
0: Yeah, muddy footprints throughout his house. So he grabs, like, syringes and morphine, like, all right, we're going to gonna we're gonna go do this shit. Because he obviously know what's ha- knows he, what's happening. Yeah,
1: because once he figures that out, he goes and looks in his bag, notices the scalp right. was missing. He's like, Aha. ah, shit, this was the thing that I was like, ah, he probably won't come back all evil. I'm just going to do it anyway. And he's like, ah, shit, he came back evil. He
0: came back evil. Son of a bitch. So, yeah, he goes over... Judd's house with a bunch of morphine and stuff, and sees Church outside. Goes ahead and pumps him full of uh, morphine. Goes inside, sees Gage. They have a little scuffle. It's really, it's kind of uh, anticlimactic. Anti- yeah. It's a little anticlimactic in the book because it's just like morphine, dead. Uh, well, <laughs> like, oh, that's okay. not true.
1: He sits on the kid first to pin him down, and then he pumps him full that's of. That's right. And then
0: he pumps him full of morphine, and then he just burns the fucking house down. But he does get Rachel. Before he burns the house down, because he's like, I waited too long with Gage. It'll be better with Rachel. And you're just like, ah, no, you've already done this twice.
1: Yeah. And his friend, like, comes to see him, like, because he thinks something, because he also gets the sense that something is wrong. And his friend sees him carrying the body. He's like, "Don't do this!" And he's like, "No, no, it'll be fine." And it'll then the be guy fine. and the guy's like, "This is wrong!" And he's like, "No, it'll <laughs> be fine." He, like, because Lewis has obviously lost his mind at this point. Oh
0: yeah, because all his hair had turned white after everything that happened. It's just yep. all white. You're just like, "Oh, you, you are going through it."
1: Yeah, and then his friend just turns and leaves and forgets it ever happened. I do enjoy though how in the movie he's walking into the um, pet cemetery with the body, which is still the. As a reminder, the path is literally next to the side yeah, of the road. Yeah. So literally anyone who's standing and watching that fire happen across the street from him can see him clear as day wandering towards the road with a body. And wrapped apparently, in sheets, yeah. Like apparently nobody thought that was weird or nope. suspicious. No, it's
0: fine, just it's fine, it is all good.
1: Like, yeah, he's probably doing something normal.
0: So yeah, he goes and buries his wife. And then that night, he's sitting there at the dinner table playing solitaire. He hears the back door open. Footsteps come up behind him. And then, you know, Rachel puts his arm on him and says, darling. And then that's the end of the book. And I was like, that was a very good book. Very creepy. Lots of, you know, lots of elements that were uh, horrifying to me. And then we get to the gem of the movie.
1: That was a train wreck. Wow.
0: Movie was a fuck. Yeah. Movie was just.
1: They, they did some characters wrong. <sighs> like they they made a character commit suicide. Oh yeah,
0: let's talk about that. Okay, so we didn't mention that Judd also had a wife named Norma who's nowhere in the movie. Not not even not even close. Yeah, they just didn't include her. They included the oh, what was the friend's name? Missy. Yeah, Missy. So Missy Dandridge was a family friend that would watch the kids anytime that you know, the parents wanted to go out. Well, she's now their housekeeper. Like, or- she
1: got downgraded real hard. Yeah,
0: she's, like, she's like coming into the house with, like, folded laundry, and I'm like, I guess that's their house cleaner. Yeah, and then later on, in, like, uh, I say halfway through, she just hangs herself, and I'm like, okay, that's a choice you guys made for whatever reason. Yeah, and-,
1: and it was to take the place of Norma's death.
0: Yeah, but, like, Norma died of a heart attack. She didn't just fucking murder herself. Murder
1: like, herself.
0: Oh, God, <laughs> she didn't commit suicide. I'm sorry.
1: And, and I think that that really bothered me and I I know it bothered you too because it's like, okay, the whole point of this is that we can't control death. Death is something that happens to you. You cannot control fate and um, like the part of the reason that they keep burying bodies in that burial ground even though they all come back wrong is because they even express how, like Judd says, like it gets inside of you and then it feels like it's your place and like you feel like you have to because there's some malevolent presence that keeps getting people back in And basically the whole point of that book is how death is out of your hands and how trying to control it is wrong because things wrong things happen. And then this lady up and kills herself. They're like, I think that immediately defeats the point of the entirety of the book because she like death is this horrible thing you can't control. Or it's this natural thing, depending on which character you're talking to. And this character's like, I've had a tummy ache for a few days. I'm just going to tap out.
0: Yeah, because she mentions that she's, like, sick. And then I'm like, are you killing yourself because you're sick? Is like, dude, you're, like, in your 40s. Have you never been sick before?
1: Yeah, because so very- she's like, oh, my stomach hurts. And then Murder. she hangs herself. Like,
0: all right. Like, what? So, yeah, yet again, it's King just being like, you know what? We have this great thing here. But you know what? Let's just change it all. Let's just change it. Because even Church, in the book, he kind of strolls into the garage when Lewis is working, kind of like, you know, wraps around his feet and is kind of being like, weird, but he's not being crazy. In the fucking movie, he comes in from working, and Church is just like... <sighs> I was like, ah, what the fuck? Like, Church is like the demented, crazy, bat cat. And I'm just like, I mean, I get why they did that, but like, you're kind of like way over-dramatizing this right now. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, they also kind of did... uh they- Kind of made Gage a little slapsticky. Oh yeah, uh, because um, in the book he's super creepy because like um, the same spirit that had possessed the the first person that, that had been buried in the Micmac burial ground, um, that spirit had been telling Judd things about himself that were all bad things. Well, later when the spirit possessed it the same spirit possesses Gage. He's like, did you think I'd forget that you tried to fuck with me? Now I'm gonna fuck with you. And... That's
0: when Gage is talking to Judd. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, um... Like the same spirit comes back, and that's part of why he goes to kill Judd because he remembers him, and he's the only one left out, out of that group. Yeah, because
0: every um, other every other one of his friends has died, and he's gone yep. to that pet cemetery and showed people that pet cemetery, and it's like, dude, stop it!
1: <laughs> yeah, everyone
0: comes back fucked up.
1: <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, it was really creepy and unsettling because you're like, oh shit, this is the same spirit that keeps coming back. And in the movie, it was odd, and, you know, partially it's not their fault because it's hard to make a toddler terrifying, because it's not like a creepy little kid. It is a two-year-old. Yeah,
0: and I mean, he's obviously... He's probably got to be like three or four in the movie. Yeah. Because he's also... He's also like saying full sentences and the book, he really didn't talk too much. The only time he talked was when he was talking to Judd and was like, yeah. And in the movie, he's just like babbling on and I'm like, ah, okay.
1: Yeah. And at one point he goes from wearing his tiny little suit that he was wearing when he was buried to wearing some sort of weird blue velvet like, ruffle top thing and a top hat and yeah. has a cane, and you're like, what the
0: fuck? That's when, yeah, that's when uh, Rachel comes in looking for, you know, looking to see, like, what's going on, and she goes in the room, and, yeah, he's wearing this whatever, the, and I'm like, did you have a wardrobe somewhere that you changed into that? How? Why do they have kids' clothes in this house? What, what, what's happening?
1: Yeah, and like, also, what's going on? he, like, takes Rachel's body, and Lewis finds her when she drops from the attic, like, because she's hanging, but also... Like, how did a two-year-old, even if it had some sort of weird supernatural strength, like physically? Well, yeah, this is yeah, that, this that, is in the movie.
0: That makes sure you specify. Yeah,
1: yeah, in the movie. In the movie. Um, that would be like a, a hamster trying to drag a baby up a flight of stairs. Like, even if you had crazy Hulk strength, you were also proportionally. Way yeah. smaller, so you could not physically do that because you would go off balance immediately. And but somehow he manages to get her into an attic,
0: yeah. And not only that, but like there was something that there, he put, like, uh, it's like at the attic you have in a house where you have to push up a piece of wood and then move it. So he got her up there and then moved the wood back, and then like it just fell out of nowhere. Just like okay, she's she's hanging now. What. Well, what's what's going on in this fucking movie? I'm so confused.
1: Yeah, and then they had a puppet on a string come flying at Lewis when Lewis tries to, uh, like when um, Gage attacks Lewis, it is literally like a... A str- like it has to be some sort of wire that they had a puppet attached to, because it does a str- like a beeline straight yeah, for his face
0: from the attic where Rachel was hanging, just directly into his neck, and he's like biting him and like, and like having a stab fight. Yeah, and also when he murders Judd in the in the uh, in the movie, I was like, okay, this this could be good or this could be awful, and it started out good because he like cuts his Achilles heel, and I'm like, that ooh. actually made me squirm. I yeah. was like, ooh and then he like slashes his fucking mouth with the scalpel and like cuts his cuts like the sides of his lips and i was like oh fuck and then he just starts biting his neck and i'm like are are we watching a zombie movie now? Yeah, they like,
1: added a weird zombie element because even the guy that had been brought back before had also yeah had was like, like a, eating a foot, but like, like that had nothing to do with the the book.
0: And I'm like, why couldn't you you okay? You cut his Achilles heel, you slice his mouth, then just start stabbing him like in the book. But no, you're just like, I'm gonna bite you, which like, was
1: super funny because oh, it was man. a two year old going. <laughs> like, ah, I was just and, like, <laughs> I was like, which ah, was adorable, God. yeah, but was also creepy. But it was also super funny, because he basically then gets into a bizarre, weird, like, yeah. knife fight with Lewis. Uh,
0: yeah. Like, but and it's
1: like a puppet attached oh, to God. a grown man.
0: It was so bad, because the puppet's just, like, doing this really jerky motion, and you're like, okay, I get what you're going for, and I'll give them credit, because it was 89. But it's just like, dude, I've seen better practical effects. Come on, man.
1: Yeah, that's why I'm excited that it looks like they're going to kill the daughter instead of the son in this one, because she's yeah. in the new movie, because... Um, She's older, so it's going to be, gonna be a lot easier to get a, uh, do more with her. And also, girls tend to be creepier.
0: Yeah, and We're yeah. We're creepy fuckers. I don't know how old she's supposed to be. I think she's like eight-ish.
1: She's eight or nine.
0: Eight or nine. So yeah, it'll be much easier to have a good child actor, hopefully. Hopefully she's good.
1: Oh, that reminds me. Sorry, but well, the girl in the mo- the. The original movie I
0: remember, I remember. sucked. Oh yeah, the girl from yeah, the, from the movie from '89. She was very whiny and very. Um, how I'm do I say a this? Cue card. N- what? It looked
1: like she was yeah, a Cue card. It looks most like the someone time. was just
0: sitting over there, like, okay, this is your line right here, and she's like, okay, follow the bouncing. B- okay, got it. Yeah. Okay, let's go with that take. Like, all right. Yeah, that movie. Oh, that movie was just such a disappointment, honestly, because I had I thought I had heard good things. Maybe I was wrong, but bitterly this is just bitterly disappointing I was like yeah that was something that was definitely made and I watched it that's about it
1: that's something we saw with our eyes that is
0: for sure yeah and I'm just trying to think if there's anything else about the movie that was just so it's just seriously because I don't get why King just has to change things you have the story, dude. I'm going to harp on this for the rest of the episode. Like, just leave it. It's funny, though, because he always does make a little appearance in every, uh, everything he's in. And this one, he was the like, minister for um, Missy's uh, funeral. And I was like, ah, there you are, King. All right. Yeah, that was special. That was special. So, yeah. Oh, one more thing about the movie is when they, uh, it was when Lewis killed uh, Church. Uh, man, they... I don't know what they did to that cat, but he was, it was not a puppet. They stuffed him with something. Obviously, I know they didn't actually poke him with the syringe, but like the cat is immobile. His eyes are wide open and he's just like flopping around. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know what you're doing to that cat, but I feel like PETA would be upset.
1: I feel like he had to be like stoned out of his mind or something. I guess.
0: I just feel like they put that cat through some hell because I was not okay with that whole scene. So. Yeah, so Pet Cemetery and it, good stuff. I recommend everything besides the Pet Cemetery movie. It was it was just bad. Dumpster fire. So, um, you want to move on to some trivia? Sure. Okay. Well, trivia, like play trivia.
1: I, I understood. Okay.
0: You ready? Yes. You wanna do this shit. Yep. Okay. So, we have gone through this once. And now we're going to go through it again. And every time we get a question, I'm going to put a little dot next to it. So that way we can go through this whole fucking deck and not hear repeated questions. Although, going through this time, we we probably will. But it's it's fine. It's fine. It's it's fine. Don't worry about it. All right. So I think I won last time. So I'm going to go first. Okay. Okay. Oh, did you? It's purple. Sorry. It's purple. So first of three, hopefully we can get this done quick because God, every time we play it takes forever.
1: Okay, what actor portrayed Sheriff Eben Olson in Thirty Days of Night?
0: Ooh, what actor? Yes, John Cusack.
1: Did you not see Thirty Days of Night? I
0: saw once, like like when it
1: first came That's out. Embarrassing. It was Josh Hartnett.
0: I don't even know who that is. I'm sure if I saw his he's face, he's an actor. Ooh, really? Thought he was a...
1: Whatever. Wow, couldn't even finish that insult. I didn't have any
0: insult. Shut up. Your <laughs> turn. I didn't have anything. I'm sorry. I was really drawing a blank. Orange. Orange, you glad I didn't say banana? I'll fight you. Okay. Uh, Ooh. Ouija, Origin of Evil, 2016, was based on a product sold by what company? What company sold the Ouija board? Mattel. Close. Hasbro. Damn it. Do, 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 do. Mark that one off. All right. Orange again.
1: Yay. Yay. In Mama, for how many years are Victoria and Lily missing? Five. Good job.
0: Yeah. Boom. That was a really awful movie that we watched.
1: Hey, I didn't think it was that bad.
0: Well, no, because I, I remember. I thought the
1: ending was bizarre.
0: Well, I remember watching it for uh, the first time, and uh, I was like, "Ooh, that was really good." And then I remember we watched it when you and uh, you were we, when you were living with Heather and all them, and we were watching it, and I was like, "Oh, this is slightly worse than I remember." I just Sorry, thought the everyone. ending was bizarre. Yeah, it was kind of bizarre. Apparently, they're making a second one. That'll be weird. Different. Unused footage from what Stanley Kubrick film was used in the theatrical cut of Blade Runner, 1982? feel like you should know this. The Shining? I was going to say, you're fucking wearing this shirt.
1: <laughs> Fun fact, I'm wearing uh, The Shining shirt.
0: Oh, yeah. We got some awesome shirts, courtesy of my wonderful fiance. yesterday. She got uh, a bright yellow The Shining shirt with the uh, artwork from... Is that from the movie? Yeah, from the movie. Yes. And then I've got a bright orange Halloween shirt with Mike Myers on it. We like colors. We like bright things. Green. Give me that shit. In
1: Train to Busan. Ooh, these are all real. I, I might know this. Who notice. is the person Uh, Sokwu is going to see in Busan?
0: It's going to Ooh, because he has his daughter with him. So
1: who is he Ex-wife. going to? Ex-wife. There you go.
0: Bro, two for two. Ooh, kill him. Wait, how many do you have? You got one, right? Yeah. So two to one.
1: Okay, red for me, please.
0: Train to Busan. Oh, I man. Know. This is like, this, this is, is good. good. It
1: goes better when we don't get international concerts. Right?
0: Oh, what did you get, Blue? Red. Red. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. This is so crazy. What late night talk show host was Jack Daniels' famous, here's Johnny, line from in The Shining? Come on. I mean, you've got half the name right there.
1: Johnny.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, Stop
1: talking so I can think. I'm just Johnny, fucking with you. Uh, I can't think of his last name. Come I know, on. I know, it, but I can't think of it. Johnny Lately.
0: <laughs> Johnny Carson. Damn oh, it. Man. This is so weird that we're getting all these shining questions. Do, 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 do. Okay, yellow.
1: What actor from The Magnificent Seven, 1960, played the henchman of the principal character played by Vincent Price in House of Wax
0: 1953.
1: Man. Oh. I actually know this
0: actor. Boris Karloff. Charles Bronson. Oh shit, I know him. That was my next guess. It wasn't. You like you could even know that. Red, please. Oh, oh god, falling. I'm falling. It's falling. Hold on. Stand by. There we go. Okay. Ooh! In the climactic pool scene, the titular entity of *It Follows* uses what form to attack Jay? Her father. Yeah, we had this one already.
1: Yay! That was two for me.
0: Okay. Oh, but uh, I Deal thought breaker. we weren't doing. Fight me. Oh, so it's it's okay if I? Okay, all right. Yep. Uh huh. Hmm. Yeah, all right. Here's here's the win right here.
1: In Starry Eyes, 2014, shit. who is the roommate of Sarah, Aaron, Carl, Tracy, or Danny? Tracy. Yay, you did it! I win.
0: I win! Yay! 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 Yay. Okay, so you suck, and I'm the best. False. <laughs> all right. I really should keep track of uh, all this shit. I need to keep. I need to start keeping track of uh, who wins and who doesn't because I am the master. Or at least lately, but anyways, let's get to some horror news. If I can find my fucking sheet, it's somewhere. There it is. All right. So news and horror. Uh, let's see. We've got Escape Room Two, which is happening sometime in the near future. Uh, no exact date or much info besides the fact that the same director is returning. His name is Aben. <laughs> Aben. Jesus. Adam Robitel. And uh, I'm very excited for that because the first escape room was pretty fucking awesome. Uh, It really exceeded my expectations because I just thought it was going to be a jigsaw ripoff. So I'm excited for that. I think it's sometime this year, maybe next. uh, We'll keep you updated on any information that I hear. Uh, There's also a new trailer for The Twilight Zone, and it looks absolutely fucking terrifying. It looks like it is going to be such an amazing show. I can't wait to see what Jordan Peele does with that. Uh, We're actually watching The Twilight Zone right now from the 50s, and uh, I think we're going to do some uh, some shows on that, some episodes. You know, go through our favorite episodes from each season and all that stuff, because Twilight Zone is seriously awesome. I don't think we're going to get into the 80s one just because I hear that it is not that good. But nonetheless, check out that new Twilight Zone uh, trailer because I actually posted it on the, or on the Facebook, and uh, I'm very excited. Uh, let's see what else. Cocktails and Scream, which is a, or a year-round Halloween-themed bar, will be opening here sometime soon this year. They're actually doing this thing. If you follow their Facebook and Instagram, they're doing this thing where they hide keys around Orlando. And if you find one of those keys, you and one guest can go to their opening. I find that personally offensive because I want to be there for opening night. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, Did
1: they say when
0: their opening night is? N- uh, they haven't said anything yet. That's just the, that if you get a key, you go to the opening night. I haven't seen any info. Maybe it's on there somewhere, but I haven't seen any information. So, huh. yeah. All right. Let's see. Uh, there's a new trailer for Ari Aster's new movie, *Midsummer*, which will be out August 9th this year. And if you don't know who Ari Aster is, uh, he directed one film last year. I don't know if you've heard of it. Hereditary.
1: It's worth, it's the, what, worth the something, um. you
0: know. But yeah, I am absolutely in for that because Jesus, um, not Midsummer. Hereditary was his first debut film, and if you can knock something out of the park that well, like holy shit, I am in for whatever else you have to do. So uh, I think it's I think that's also on my Facebook. I think I shared the link for that. So check that out. And last but absolutely not least, there is going to be a an, an abducted in plain sight part two. Now, that's not really... It's not horror, but it is... Real-life horror. Yeah, it's real-life horror. And if you haven't seen the first one, it is on Netflix, and it is one of the most silliest things... One of the silliest things I've ever seen.
1: I I wouldn't call it silly. I'd call it upsetting.
0: It's fucking silly, because those parents are fucking stupid. Because seriously, how do you let your daughter get abducted by the same dude two times? Spoiler alert. Sorry. (laughs) Really bad with the spoilers.
1: Yeah, the the naivety is what... It is... Like, it's both upsetting and comical because you're like, wow, who's that dumb? Yeah, who
0: seriously? So, yeah, apparently
1: they're that dumb.
0: They're that dumb. And apparently, too, this is going to be the same family. I'm not sure
1: what. More shenanigans.
0: Yeah, more shenanigans from the whatever fuck family they were. But oh my God get your shit reel it in I know it was the 70s but Jesus Christ, like but what when the someone
1: fuck? says my therapy is sleeping
0: with little girls you say no dude no how about get the fuck out of my house to, oh my God so yeah uh, if you haven't seen that give that a uh, give that a watch because we just recently watched it I, I was floored by how stupid these people were so anything else you want to add to this anything no wow. Your con your your contribution as my co host is just getting worse and worse. So I, why why do I even have you? I uh, don't know. I'm sorry that was mean.
1: I'm gonna cry about it. <laughs> I'm just gonna sorry. go on my journal. I'm just later. kidding. No,
0: just kidding. You're the best. You are awesome. I, I'm very happy that you started this with me because. Uh, yeah.
1: You're welcome.
0: You're being very very snarky right now. I don't like it.
1: I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Oh, whatever. <laughs> oh, let's see. I don't think I have anything else to say besides rating and reviewing us. I'm gonna, rating and reviewing us. I'm really good with the speaking today. It's great. Words be hard, yes. So, so I just I try to think of stuff to say, and then it just comes out all jumbled, and I'm sorry. Probably should be a Fun podcaster. fact, we're
1: human, not robots, and uh, that makes our English not so good. Really? You're not?
0: You're not a fembot?
1: Thank you for that compliment, but <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I think the next episode is going to be... What is the next episode going to be? It's episode number nine. Scream. Oh, that's right. Yes. My, we,
1: my favorite series. Yeah,
0: so we are going to do an all Ghostface episode, Scream 1 through f- 4. 4. There's we are four. not
1: talking about the TV series. We just don't have that time.
0: Yeah, we might get into that at a later point of time. But yeah, we're just going to do all four, all four movies, talk about how awesome they were for the 90s and what they did for horror. And I can't wait to talk about Matthew Lillard. Oh, my God. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'm sure you'll have lots of thoughts on that. <laughs> I'm getting woozy! Ah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, next episode, we are going to be back in the studio March 30th, and we're going to be also talking about the new movie Us from Jordan Peele and Scream and, I don't know, probably have a topic or something by then. So, And then after that, it's going to be two episodes a month. That's what we're going to shoot for. So every other week, you will have a new episode of Frightmares. What? What? Crazy. So, uh you sure you have nothing else to say? I feel like something is just aching to get out no nothing
1: I hope you all enjoy the new logo I did it
0: (laughs) fair enough yeah we're actually doing a a kind of a overhaul of all the logos and Facebook covers and all that shit so by episode 10 they should all be out and you should you should look at them because they'll be cool
1: and they'll also be featured on my Instagram. You should, uh, che- you should uh, check out subtle. Sketchy
0: Watson on Instagram. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, wink, hint, nod. She right actually did a
0: sweet uh, painting of Penny Mouse, which is a combination of two people I think you can put together by just that title. And it's fucking awesome. And it's on her Instagram. It's on Facebook. It's on my story. Go check it out. Go follow her. Support local art. Yeah, horror art. Especially
1: my art, no pressure, just please love me. Yeah,
0: that's a a shameless plug right there. (laughs) (laughs) I do what I can. It's fine, it's fine. So yeah, stay tuned, guys, and stay spooky. Yay.